I just can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. I am McLovin. You do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Good afternoon and welcome to the uh, Glacé Film Club podcast. A little bit different today. Um, I'm usually a resident chatting with Marcus about films and all things... Uh, arty, but today um, I'm actually doing an interview with uh, a good colleague of mine, Sarah Randall. Sarah, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Awesome. So Sarah trained as an actress at the Manchester School of Theatre. She's had roles in Coronation Street and Hollyoaks. She's uh, done performances for the Royal Shakespeare Company. Uh, She's had extensive radio coverage for BBC Radio 4, played Juliet in an Italian touring production of Romeo and Juliet, and then went on to set up her own theatre company, travelling across primary and secondary schools, delivering drama-based workshops. She's now a uh, lead practitioner for drama um, at the school we work at, which will remain anonymous. <laughs> um, Sarah, I know I just asked you how you're doing, but how are you doing again? I'm, I'm really well. How are you? I'm good. good. I'm all right. Um, it's weird doing this in school, isn't it? In a, in, well, I think it's quite fitting, really, because it's a drama studio where... We're doing the interview in, so it makes sense, really. It's lovely. And I think the black walls in the room are very fitting to the current times that us teachers are maybe facing in this epidemic. Yeah, darkness is certainly one of them. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Although we're really happy, really. Of course, obviously. Yeah, we're fine on the outside. (laughs) But on the inside, obviously, this has taken a dark turn very, very quickly. Maybe it's, you know, I've set the tone for the the interview, I suppose. Um, I suppose we'll start start quite prosaically, really. Um, What was your earliest memory of uh, experience in drama? I think, for me, the... The earliest memory, and I hope that a lot of people, and I hope yourself, Callum, as well, can maybe relate to this one, is I remember when I was in primary school and um, I auditioned for the role of Mary in the Nativity and I didn't get it. I was devastated. But then I actually learned that I'd been given the role of the narrator who, through my tears and brokenheartedness, my tutor at the time actually reassured me that the narrator was the most important role um, so I remember I went to a, a, it was a, a Church of England primary school. So we performed the nativity in the, the church connected to the uh, primary school, and um, I got to stand at the is it called the altar where the yeah where the the pulpit the altar yeah we'll go, you know, with, we'll go with that yeah we'll go with that um, and I got to stand there and, and do the narration there. Um, I was only about seven years old, so um, that was definitely my earliest experience of of drama. I think that fueled my love of the of the, the sort of art of, of drama. And then from there, I kind of started signing up to like um, amateur dramatic theatre companies. So I got involved in lots of pantomimes, um, which were performed um, on, on the Wirral, where I'm from. Um, so I, it's, it's probably been something that's developed from a young age in me. And then I just kind of never lost that love um, of that subject. And I do thank that teacher that consoled me that seven-year-old me um, that mm. day. So maybe it's it's her. She is the reason why I'm where I am today. <laughs> well, everyone needs an inspiration, don't they? I, I, I don't even remember her name, yeah. which is really bad, isn't it? So. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> it's good to have an elusive figure that, that inspired you. It adds more mystery to it, doesn't it? Love I suppose. It. The teacher that shall not be named. 
we'll go with that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. So he's like sort of experiencing drama like from a young age. So it, I mean, it was kind of grounded in that um, the early youth. Do you think that's quite typical of quite a lot of um, young people? Do you think it's do you got to kind of have it in your blood, or do you think it's something that's sort of that's developed over time, or is it a combination of the two? Do you reckon? I don't know. I think it's it's a really interesting question that because I think personally when I was very young, so when I was maybe three years old, my mum's actually got video footage of me um, performing. Um, <laughs> actually, really embarrassingly. So we're like, you know, um, an old, like the toys, when you buy a toy and it's in a cardboard box and then there's like a see-through bit at the front. Mm. I had that on top of my head and I was singing, how much is that doggy in the window to like my mum and my nan? And it's like, <laughs> there, there, is, there is video footage of that. And so that was, you know, from a very, very young age, probably before I'd even been able to formulate the intention or the idea of wanting to pursue a career in this industry. So I probably would say that maybe it is something that mm. you're born with. And then it's up to you to, to shape that and up to your parents to maybe shape that love in the same way that if I'd been born, you know, um, with a real passion for football or horse riding, um, you know, I guess it, it depends on your upbringing then. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, that idea of origin, isn't it? Because mm. I remember from an early age myself, um, like my granddad telling me stories about history and stuff, and that was certainly um, inspired me to go on and do, you know, history teaching, or at least study it at school. I mean, um, you trained as an actress at the Manchester School of Theatre. What was that like? Intense, um, I would definitely say. So it's a, it, it's an accredited drama school. So in the in the UK, there's about 20 uh, drama schools that are accredited, which means that they're respected in the industry. They're highly reputable. The level of training that we get kind of fits into the industry standards. Um, so it was intense. It was hard. Um, it was really a new experience for me. The, the actual most traumatic part of it was the audition process so you have to audition for these drama schools these accredited oh wow drama really schools. okay yeah right. and um because there's only 20 of these drama schools and they only take on between like 10 and 20 students a year oh wow so you're auditioning against like i don't know three thousand applicants for you know a, a 20 20 places on the course so it's really intense um really traumatizing times. Oh, I bet. Oh my God, yeah, 100%. I bet. <laughs> and the worst thing as well is that because there's a, the, the when you're auditioning for a drama school, you you don't just audition for one. So I auditioned for the one in Manchester, but then I also auditioned for like RADA, Lambda, Bristol Old Vic, like, you know, the sort of circuit of the great drama schools in the country. And you get to know like other people that are auditioning and you get to see familiar faces. So it's almost like you become like the like the um the, the audition circuit almost like you get to see people and you go oh, i remember you from bristol old vic i remember you from rada mm. um and then you have to have that awkward conversation with oh did you get any callbacks how are you getting on have you had any offers yet um so it was it was just a very surreal time um that whole process for me and then actually being offered a, a, a place at manchester was I, I was amazed to be honest because um, it is a, it's a great drama school. Mm. Um, Steve Coogan trained there. Sure, no, did he? Did, yeah. That's where I get my wit from. My very <laughs> fabulous humour. Not. 
enthusiastic <laughs> again. Uh, Julie Walters. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lots of sort of northern gems, I'm going to mm, say. Yeah. Um, so it's a very highly respected um, actors sort of training center in the north and particularly in the northwest. Um, so I, I was really pleased because I am from obviously the north myself. Um, and I found with the other drama schools, the ones in London, although I, I'm not certainly going to say that they had like a bias sort of notion towards, you know, the sort of mm. RP speaking middle class southern actors. Um, I did not saying that at all, but maybe I imposed that on myself. Maybe I felt that that was what they were looking for. Whereas with this Manchester School of Theatre, it just felt normal to me. And I, I felt like I could just be my northern self. It's interesting you mentioned that sort of north-south thing. Do you think you think there's a cultural difference between the, the, the different guilds and the different acting studios and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you think about these accredited drama schools, which are the best places for actors to train. Um, oh, well, let's say 95%, that's a kind of an accurate figure, I would say, of those are in London and mm. Birmingham southwards. Mm. Whereas, you know, if you're looking up north, you've got the Manchester School of Theatre, you've got Lipper, mm. um, Royal Scottish one, which is the sort of the main um, drama school up in Scotland. I would say apart from those, you're looking at, you know, the south of the country, which in itself is a comment on that divide, maybe. Yeah, no, I, I just find that, I find that so fascinating because, like, you're aware of um, sort of uh, representation in films and just on the screen and the stage in that respect. Um, and it's usually, there's a huge problem that's happening in, in, the, in the art sector at the moment, you know, what voices are representing certain characters and are those voices representative of the art that they that they serve, I suppose. And um, just, I'm just thinking about sort of well-known British actors. They're all incredibly privileged white people. And yeah, that sort of cultural divide is really fascinating in that respect. It really is. Um, my, uh, the house that I lived in, um, so for my second and third year at, at drama school, I moved into a house with four other students who were also uh, on the course with me. Right. Um, and one of those guys was a, a Muslim, so Assad, um, really talented actor, um, really charismatic presence on stage and a really nice guy. Um, and he spoke a lot about this because he was the only um, non-white actor on our course out of 20 there was one, you know, dif different sort of ethnicity. Um, actually, amazingly, he's actually gone on to be the most successful out of all of us. Okay, he's still right. um, working. He actually got, um, uh, he became part of the RSC company mm. for, for many years. So actually, you know, it's, it's amazing and it's an amazing achievement for him. And, you know, the, the Muslim community in their sort of representation within the arts as well. So... Yeah, well done to him. And absolutely. I mean, do you think that's a big challenge, just broadly speaking? Um, we suddenly got very politically deep very quickly, know, didn't it's... we? It started off with ori <laughs> origin, and now we're on, oh, let's have, let's have a, a damning <laughs> comment on the industry generally. But it's like, you know, do you think that's a big challenge that the arts industry is facing at the moment? Like, representation, do you think that's the biggest challenge? Or are there others that you've, that you've experienced, at the, that you experienced at the school, Manchester School of Theatre, or... 
just generally? It's, it's again, I think it's, it is quite a politically charged question, that. Thank you for that. It is. A, and, well, I, you know, I just thought, you know, <laughs> we've, we've opened the can of worms. We might as yeah, well scatter, the, scatter them everywhere. Let's right. embrace it. Indeed, yeah. I think personally that there aren't enough representations of, you know, different ethnicities within the industry. Um, I definitely agree with all the work that the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I, I've been following a lot of stories and articles of actors in the industry who are of you know different ethnic backgrounds who have maybe been prejudiced against or stereotypes um and i totally agree with that F for me obviously as a, as a white you know middle class um female in the industry um do i still think that discrimination exists for females in the industry quite possibly yes um i feel for me um as somebody who is, you know, making up maybe 85% of the industry at the moment, the difficulty that I maybe have is, is when I go to castings or when I would go to auditions, it's that I look the same as everybody else. That's interesting. So how yeah. am I, how am I going to impress the panel, the casting director, the director? How am I going to make them want to choose me when... There's 15 of me outside, all trained at respectable drama schools, mm. all average looking. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I don't have anything specific that makes me stand out. And I think that's something that maybe, regardless of your ethnicity or regardless of your social class, I think it's, it's something that maybe affects everybody in that industry. There's just too many of us fighting for the same job, I guess. Mm, sort of like a saturation, maybe. Mm -hmm. You think it's more about? Did you think like sort of in that respect then? Because you think it's sort of saturated. There's too many of like a homogenous group of people. Do you think the sort of the, the approach from drama school should be different in that respect? Then, like you said earlier, that when you were applying for the Manchester School of Theatre, it was quite a rigorous application process. What was the sort of demographic like there when you were applying? Like, do you think drama schools do enough from your experience? Well, I went, so it's 10 years ago now that I trained. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if anything has changed um, in terms of, you know, their sort of applicants or the way that they sort of give out the, the places. Um, but we did have a 40-year-old man oh, that, right. was, that was sort of given a place on, on the course. So he was a career changer. I think he'd been like a financial advisor or something crazy like that. And he just mm -hmm. decided to to give drama a go. So I do believe that the Manchester School of Theatre, you know, don't discriminate. I think that they are looking for an eclectic mix. Mm. However, you know, it might be something that still needs to be improved and making sure that they're looking at people that have got some sort of, you know, an identity that's that's different from everybody else. Mm. on the course um, rather than carbon copies of, of everybody it's not only in our drama school but in other drama schools as well um i definitely think it could be something that they they look for yeah i mean it sounds like it's more of a problem with the industry sort of what happens after the drama school than the initial um recruitment process i suppose that's what it sounds like anyway mm. um we'll move on to something a little bit light touch i feel like <laughs> please do I feel like we've, uh, we've we've hammered that quite quickly. You know, fifteen minutes in, and we've we've put the industry to rights. Um, yeah, I mean, when you were training, uh, what did you prefer, stage or the screen? It's really tricky. This I think before I because I didn't go to drama school till I was twenty four. Okay. So I'd had a little bit of experience in between leaving school. Mm. I signed up to a casting agency in Manchester. So um, 
actually something I don't even think you know. I was a, a foot model. A foot model? A foot model. A model of feet. Hot feet. I, apparently, yeah, <laughs> not anymore. Um, so I, I, I signed up to a casting agency, did a bit of modeling, uh, did lots of extra work, you know, mm. the usual kind of stuff. Um, so I did that for many years. And then I decided to go and train and sort of take a new approach and really go for it in terms of becoming an actor because it only sort of got revealed to me at that point, maybe 24, that you needed to go to a, an accredited drama school really to be taken seriously. And potentially have something else that filmed other than your feet. Well, I, I, absolutely. Yeah, the rest <laughs> of my body was getting jealous. They wanted some attention as well. Um, so, um, so before I think I went to drama school, I was really... My main experience was on screen, so I was quite mm. familiar with it and I did enjoy it. I had a really good group of friends, creative-minded, and we'd make loads of independent films, put them forward for local festivals and things. Nice. But then I think it changed for me going to drama school. I think I then started developing more of a love for the stage, and that's where predominantly most of my professional experience has been. Mm. So. A kind of divided answer to that question. That's all right. I mean, <laughs> if, you know, it, it's it, it's almost as if art is, is multifaceted, right? Love it. Thank you for that. There you go. Um, you said you had, you had roles in Coronation Street and Hollyoaks. What was that like? Oh, horrendous. I'm going to tell you that this, right? My role in Coronation Street, do you know what my role, what my character name was? But tell us. <laughs> I mean, this is this is what it's all about. Go for it, yeah. I was, um, I'm, gonna, I'm doing the... Um, Quotation marks here yeah. with my fingers. Uh, attractive nurse. Amazing. Yeah, I had 17 words. Yeah, that's 17 words. And I was credited as attractive nurse. Um, <laughs> so, it, I mean, it was flattering, obviously. obviously. It was nice to be cast in that role. Um, but again, you know, it's, I think being on such a uh, sort of massive um, kind of industrial set mm. like Coronation Street and sort of being in that environment and how quick they turn everything over and you know the process of it um it excited me but it also kind of scared me and then sort of delving into the world of theatre and the rehearsal process and sort of the preparations you go into for a theatrical performance I think it much more suited my sort of personality and my frame of mind. Do you think the craft's different? Absolutely I do I think and I, I know people that are um, successful actors on screen. I don't know if I'm allowed to name drop. Absolutely. But, <laughs> so good friend, good friend. God, this is. I'll just pick up this name I'm about to drop. Um, a good friend of mine is John Bradley. So he played Samuel Tarly in Game of Thrones. Nice. He trained at my drama school as well. Um, I've been in regular contact with him throughout the whole Game of Thrones saga. Um, and it's literally you learn the lines while you're having your coffee mm. and then you go and you say the lines, try and make your facial expressions look, you know, detailed and accurate. Whereas with theatre, there's so much more preparation time and depending on if you're using naturalistic methods like um, Stanislavski techniques, for example, you do need to embody that character. You have to research that character mm. um, connect emotionally. So I think the, the sort of preparation time is completely different for both those art forms. But, you know, I think that kind of way of like, you know, learning your lines before you go on and then you're shooting it on camera, I think that's also really exciting and that's a challenge for an actor in itself. 
Yeah, just different challenges, but different different contexts. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, you said, um, well, you didn't say. I said. <laughs> I said that um, you played Juliet, an Italian touring company, and you'd work. For, you've worked for the RSC as well. Like, how was you? Said, obviously, like the craft is different from like the screen and the stage, but. You know, what was that like? I mean, an Italian touring company. I mean, that sounds, when you say, oh, I worked as Juliet for an Italian touring company, it sounds like very exotic and continental. <laughs> and like, it sounds like, oh, I was just, you know, traveling with an Italian touring company. It's meant to be told in a deep voice, I think. I what enjoy was, it. What was that like? It was, it was amazing. So just for the record, I can't speak a word of Italian, nor did I <laughs> nor did I perform the role in Italian. I really wish I could say that I did. So we, um, we were a, a Liverpool-based theatre company. This was um, a company that I, as an actor, was accepted into, like a company of actors. Um, and we rehearsed Romeo and Juliet, hmm. a, a sort of condensed version. And then we went over to Italy and collaborated with an Italian carbon copy of, of the theatre company that I was a part of. Um, and we, we merged our performances together. So we had parts of the Italian um, play and then we had parts of our English version as well. And we performed it like around Italy. Um, we went to sort of places I'd never even heard of, like Civita Vecchia, which is a beautiful part of the world. It sounds beautiful. It's very underrated. It's the massive um, shipping part of Rome, so all the sort of cargo ships and everything. It's, I mean, this is this is knowledge that you probably don't need nor care about, but um, <laughs> just going on tour with those those Italian actors and seeing them. I mean, Shakespeare's a massive passion of mine. Um, classical theatre. And that's why, you know, to have worked with the RSC again was a massive privilege for me. Hearing that performed and spoken by someone Italian, it's just so, it's so beautiful. Mm. It sort of knocked my Liverpudlian accent out the park. (laughs) It's a difficult thing to knock, isn't it, sometimes? I, I've been living in Liverpool now for nearly um, two years, and sometimes when I'm speaking, I can hear it in my voice now a little bit. I, there is a bit of a twang that it's comes a bit of a twang, yeah. twang that comes through. Yeah, I mean, that it's interesting. I mean, you went on to set up your own touring company. Um, was that partly inspired by your experience playing as Ju- Juliet, or was that just something that you'd, you'd seen something that you'd like really enjoyed doing, or you saw a vision there? What sort of drove that? Um, that change in that respect because you know the screen and the stage and the radio and then you went and set up your own touring company your own uh, theatre company what was the initiative what was the yeah. the idea behind that well the theatre company that I was a part of when we went over to Italy they were predominantly a theatre and education company okay so right. it was you know theatre that teaches an audience something usually aimed at sort of school children young people uh, students of maybe further education um so i was quite interested in that and i was quite excited to maybe use my talent um in a way to further somebody's understanding or knowledge um of, of whatever the subject is so a few people that were in this italian tour with me we all actually decided it in italy Mm. We had mugs with red wine in, like mugs. Absolutely. Living the dream. And we sat there one night and we said, oh, why don't we do something like this? Why can't we create a company that, you know, promotes this love of learning through drama? I love that. They're just like, you know, it was a, 
something that was created. I can just imagine sat in like a really a small, lovely cafe drinking this mug of wine, <laughs> banging on the table, yeah. saying, we're going to make our own soaring company. Yeah, if they like, can do it, we can. Indeed, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absol- ab- absolutely. Yeah. So we set up our own um, and we targeted like primary schools. We set our company in the Liverpool area because we were all kind of living there at the time. Um and we went into primary schools teaching children about Shakespeare. Um, we'd teach them about internet safety, uh, anti-bullying, you know, sort of anything that the school wanted us to create a performance about, we would create a performance about. Um, and it was it was great. Like, it was a really exciting time. It was quite scary because I was financially dependent on myself. Mm. But I, I got a lot out of it. And for me, the... the the most important thing that I got out of that company was that if if you want to work in the acting industry, regardless of if you're you know lucky enough to get a role in a you know long running TV soap opera, or you're a movie star, or you're someone that you know is is part of a, a local like theatre rep company, whatever, you've got to work hard. My God, like every minute of every day, I was calling schools, um, trying to sort out, you know, the, the performances, um, talking to the other actors in the company, and then we'd have to organise travel, costs, everything. And, you know, the acting industry in itself, even if you're a job in actor, there's so much preparation and hard work that goes into it even before you get the part. So you have to get your agent. You have to then get put forward for castings. If you get the casting, you have to get probably usually to London. So you've got to travel 83 pounds on a Virgin train down to London. Then how are you getting from London Euston to your audition? Like mm. then when you get to your audition, oh, what are you going to wear? What are you going to say? Have you pre- prepared properly? Have you rehearsed? It's all these details and all these things that just, before you even get a job as an actor, mm. so much hard work goes into it. It sounds like, from what you just said there, it sounds like the biggest barrier to this is um, access to money. Absolutely. It's a very class-based thing, isn't it, from what you've just said? I would I would agree with you. I, I come from a working-class family. Mm. Um, when I was a job in actor, um, I had three jobs at the same time. So I was cleaning toilets in a hotel room. I was working at a hot yoga studio, mopping up people's sweat after their classes. Um, I, mean, I mean, you know, it, it's. That, I mean, I don't. I don't mean to be facetious, but that sounds fucking depressing. It wasn't great. Like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, sorry, I've detracted from the the story. Go on. No, please continue. I, was, I, was, I, know, I, I just, I just had this vision of because when you said hot yoga, I thought, I thought you just meant, oh, are you just watching hot people do yoga? Oh, I wish. No, it was sweaty people in a room that was hot. That was hot. Yeah, <laughs> literally. From a temperature perspective. Literally temperature <laughs> perspective. <laughs> Yeah, so loads of jobs, none of my you know finest moments. But you you have to earn a living. If you you have to be able to pay for that eighty three pound train ticket down to London. Cheers, Branson. Mm. Yeah, and not only that, actors have to pay for spotlight subscriptions, equity membership, um, headshots every year because God, we we age and change mm. every year. So you've always it's all these sort of financial things that just add up. So to go back to your your statements, I would maybe, yeah, necessarily agree with you that class does 
I think if you have money and you have disposable income, then, then it makes that process a little bit easier because it takes away the stress. But the hard work's still got to be there. Even if, you know, if you're a millionaire, you know, you've, you've still got to get that pass. You've still got to go to the, the casting. You've still got to, you know, impress. But maybe that preparation is just that little bit easier. What advice would you give to a young drama student? That's really hard. First thing I would say, and I wish I'd told myself this when I was about to start my three years at drama school, enjoy it. Like those three years, it sounds like really philosophical this and a bit soppy, but they were the best years of my life. Because for those three years, no, I, you know, even though I was paying a student loan and all that crap, I was a full-time actor because I was acting all day, every day. And I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I did because I was so caught up in that. I've got to make sure I get an agent. I've got to make sure that, you know, I'm writing to five casting directors every weekend. I've got to make sure that I'm the best out of all the other, you know, students in the class. And now upon reflection, 10 years later, with, you know, some success from that in the industry, you know, I just wish I'd taken a moment to really appreciate what I was doing um, and, and, and enjoy that environment a bit more. And then obviously the most important piece of advice is to work bloody hard. Sarah, thank you very much. Thank you very much.